0: This is the Two-Tone Uncensored Podcast. Hosts Matt McCrone, Brian Moreland, and Glenn Lotzenheiser talk everything Tennessee Titans. This show is made for the fans bleed two-tone blue. This is Two-Tone Uncensored. We have a very special show for you tonight. I am Ryan Moreland. With me, as always, Matt, Brian Williams 2.0, Necrone. What's up, Matt? Eh, uh, what? And we have Glenn, oh, I- the always dependable Lotsenheiser. How you doing, Glenn?
1: I am pumped, man. I cannot wait to interview this dude. It's one of my favorite players from those great Titans years. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited. Let's do this thing. Yeah, he hasn't shut up uh, this damn interview.
0: Oh, man, all excited. High energy, very pumped. Special guest with us today, former Titans tight end Bo Scaife. How you doing, Bo?
2: Hello, fellas. What's going on, man?
0: We got some some questions here for Bo, and we're going to jump right into it here. So first one, you were actually born Oliver Scaife. So where did the nickname Bo come from? You know, I
2: just think my parents had uh, come up with something to – you know, replicate how I was acting. So, you know, my dad, I think he just, you know, he was obsessed with that name, Bo. You know, he loved Bo Jackson at the time and stuff like that. So, you know, I was a wild kid, into everything, and, you know, just all over the place. So, you know, it was just only fitted.
0: So you grew up in the Denver area. And when you were growing up, were you a Broncos fan?
2: You know, somewhat. Not a huge fan. I think, you know, I loved the Cowboys for sure. You know, I loved... You know the Redskins. I, I, I was a, I was just a fan of, of guys all over the league, and you know, I didn't have one set team. But I just remember, you know, really watching and paying a lot of attention to the Cowboys.
0: And then when you became a Tennessee Titan, you know, in your playing days, was it hard to play those teams that you grew up loving?
2: Nah, not at all, man. I remember, you know, the first Super Bowl I ever went to was, uh, you know, the Titans versus the Rams. You know how ironic you know, years later they ended up drafting me. So, you know, it was bitterly. Um, I was just happy for the opportunity and I really had no allegiance as far as who I played against when I you know, when, when we actually played those teams. So it was just great being out there and, and competing and, and playing in the NFL, man.
1: After putting together a, a pretty impressive resume at Mullins High School, you decided to enroll at the University of Texas. When in your decision into leaving Colorado and uh going to Texas?
2: you know, it was pretty easy. You know, they had, we had the number one recruiting class that year in the country. So, you know, I'm playing against, you know, great players, playing from all over the country, you know, the best player in New York, the best player in, in Texas. So there was a huge group of guys that I had a lot of respect for that, you know, I saw myself be being elite, just like them. And, you know, my mindset has always been you know, wherever the great players are at, that's that's where I want to be at. So, And it was more so just following the guys that I knew had a lot of talent that, you know, I wanted to be around.
0: In your last year as a Longhorn, you were selected to the All-Big 12 team. How did it feel to be named the best tight end in your conference?
2: Uh, You know, it it was definitely a a great award, you know, a great accomplishment. You know, having all those knee injuries and and missing years of college and, you know, really contemplating, um, you know, sticking with football, it was definitely an, an accomplishment just uh, just that alone in itself so um you know i look back at those things and you know i'm proud of them and i'm just excited they all worked out the way they did
0: but you talked about it you had some injuries in college that set you back a little bit how hard was it working through those and getting to the point into your career where you were really excelling in college
2: it was um you know really hard um you know i came into college injured and then i was hurt all through college so you know, there was really a dark time life where I rather played than not playing football and, you know, was, you know, steps away from, you know, living a totally different life than I am now. So, you know, thank God for having a supporting Cash, you know, good friends, you know, good family that, you know, loved and supported me. Just really, you know, believing in myself that I was able to bounce back and, and be successful.
1: You were drafted in the sixth round of the 2005 NFL draft. What was it like getting that call from the Titans?
2: To be honest, I was, you know, a little frustrated, you know, getting the call because I'm like, you know, what took y'all so damn long, really? You know, the previous rounds before that, you know, I got some interest from some other teams who, you know, said they were going to pick me, you know, Tampa Bay, the Broncos, the Bears. You know, they all kind of led me down the road that they were going to pick me, Um, you know, in some of the earlier rounds. But finally, when I did get that call, you know, even though I was a little frustrated, I was just so excited just – to see everything that I've worked hard for, you know, all the rehabbing, you know, the long days, missing all the games, just see everything that I believed in manifesting, and finally getting the chance and opportunity to, uh, you know, live my dream of playing in NFL, and it was, uh, it, I, I had saw it almost slip away, and it was just cool, just for it to, you know, come back into my thoughts and and really make it
0: happen. You mentioned a few of the teams that contacted you and then ended up passing you up in the draft. Did that stick in the back of your mind when you played those teams in your career?
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I definitely have thought about it, but, you know, I couldn't really, you know, just be mad at them or stuff like that. They have their reasons, you know, all these teams, they haven't put a lot of money into evaluating players and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I got over that pretty soon and, you know, just focused on the task that was, hand, was at hand and just being excited to be a part of the Tennessee Titans and for them to take a chance on you know on me you know I love coach Fisher for that and you know the rest of the staff that was a part of that draft class this year and I'm just you know I was really really grateful
0: so you get drafted and you know you're going to Tennessee what was your initial reaction when you arrived in Nashville
2: Where's Steve McNair at you know I was like big fan of Steve McNair you know he had came down to Texas a lot you know, because he was really close with Vince. So, you know, that's the first thing why I told me when I, you know, when I got there is to fire Steve, he's going to look out for you. And, um, you know, he sure did. You know, rest in peace, Steve a great guy. Um, threw through my first touchdown, helped me get, you know, rookie of the year as far as receiving, you know, for tight ends and franchise history. So, um, you know, I, I love that guy. And I'm so thankful that I got to, you know, play with him for the short amount of time. And, you know, may he rest in peace.
1: Yeah, you kinda of just got into my next question. My next question was what was it like being able to start your career with Steve? You just got into it a little bit, but I mean what what kind of chemistry did you guys have? Did
2: it start off right away or did you have to work at it? Um, I mean we definitely had to work at it, but I mean he liked throwing to the tight end. My rookie year we had um we set a record for, you know, catches, receptions as a group. Um, you know, I think we're number two all time in NFL history next to Kellen Winslow's dad and, you know, the other guys that played with him. So me, Aaron Kinney, Ben Troop, and, you know, that's all because of Steve. He just kept feeding us, feeding us, feeding us. And, you know, there was a – for my rookie year, I used to just kind of put myself in the game, you know, how i see fit. And, um, you know, thank God for him that he believed in me to throw me the ball.
0: So you mentioned Vince Young, who's a good friend of yours and obviously a teammate of yours at Texas. He ends up getting drafted by Tennessee in 2006. How did it feel to see, you know, a friend and former teammate now get to be your teammate in the NFL?
2: Uh, I mean it was, you know, it was the best thing ever. You know, I mean I was my brother in college, and we were roommates for a year. And, um, you know, he's been my quarterback, you know, for three years before he got to Tennessee. So, you know, it's just like having your best, playing with your best friend, and you know, it was it was awesome, and it was awesome you know, watching that his last year at Texas and being on the Titans because, you know, I can just tell you I won so much money off those guys in the locker room, you know, not believing him and, and not believing in, you know, the Texas team that we had. And, and I was just collecting money as a rookie, you know, adding on to my little small salary compared to the other <laughs> guys. But just, you know, padding my salary thanks to VY. So, you know, thank you, VY. I love you, brother. <laughs> <laughs>
0: A follow-up on that is, did the staff with the Tennessee Titans try to find out more about Vince Young by asking you since you had played with him?
2: Yeah, I mean, we definitely had some extensive conversations and stuff. Um, you know, Norm Chow and, and Jeff, you know, we 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 definitely had some individual meetings about them. And, you know, they got to a good sense and knew who they were drafting um, before they drafted them. And, you know, I, I think, you know, the results could have definitely been a lot better than they were, but, you know, it was definitely one of the best draft picks, um, you know, in Titans history. I wish it would have worked out better than it did, though.
1: 2008 is your best statistical year of your career. Kerry Collins played a major part in that, having started 15 games. What was it about Kerry that allowed you to reach those numbers?
2: You know, we just had a good offense. You know, we had a good offense and a good scheme, and, you know, he depended on me which was, you know, you need that as a quarterback. You want your quarterback to be able to depend on you and, you know, be able to find you and you always make yourself available. So, you know, we just had a great connection. Um, It was, and every time he got in the game, whether he was coming off the bench or not, you know, he would always find me and I was, you know, which I love, you know, as any receiver, you want the ball thrown your way. So, you know, Kerry always found me. So it was just a natural fit when he was in the game for me to, you know, get open and I knew the ball was going to come my way um you know he had a great career a lot of experience before he even got to Tennessee so you know I'm sure that was pitch and catch for him
1: even though you're closer to Vince personally did you prefer Kerry's style of play
2: you know I didn't have any preference you know for style of play I mean you know I just just throw me the ball I don't care who's under center just throw me the ball <laughs> um you know our offense was a little different you know when BYU was in there and you know obviously Kerry had all the experience but you know I love them both, I and mean, I'm glad to have been able to share the field with both of them.
0: Bill, you were a really good route runner in your playing days. Now we're looking at guys coming out of college, and they seem to be a common theme of really struggling with route running. Do you think this has to do with a lack of emphasis in college, or is the NFL just asking more of them today?
2: And college players are getting prepared, you know, by college coaches to play in the NFL. I mean, that's not their job. I mean, we see a lot of game offenses now and, you know, things that they don't run in the NFL. So, you know, they play a whole different style of football in college than they do in the pros. And that's probably why you see that, you know, that drop-off and, you know, guys struggle when they get in the league. But, you know, what I try to tell guys is, you know, learn football as much as you can because that's what the league's all about. And if you can play football and you understand the game of football, um, you know, combine that with your talent, and you're going to be successful. In two thousand ten
1: was last year with Tennessee Titans. Did the fallout between Coach Fisher and Vince Young have anything to do with you leaving for Cincinnati?
2: I mean, I, I think I was kinda of guilty by association. You know, I can speak about that so freely now, just being kinda of being guilty by association. I think, um, you know, things were kinda of mis misunderstood and, and taken out of perspective, you know, started by, you know, the media, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, loyalty is a big thing to me. I love my brother. I mean, my friendship with Vince is going to carry on way off the field. You know, I respect Coach Fisher and, you know, everybody part of the Titans. And, you know, it's a business and things happen and you just keep on moving, man. Uh, I wish we could have kept that core group of guys, you know, together. And I was talking to Lindell the other day and just, you know, me, Lindell, Vince, Pac-Man, you know, we had a squad. Uh, I wish we all could have played, you know, eight to ten years together and, really done some damage in that AFC South.
1: I know we've heard the stories of locker room arguments and whatever else. Is there anything that maybe didn't get leaked out to the public?
2: I think, you know, Vince, Vince took the, you know, the bad side of things. Um, you know, there's two sides to every story. Um, you know, I think both sides handled things poorly. Um, and, you know, both sides could have definitely handled things better. Um, but like I said, it is what it is, you know, we are in the heat of the moment um, and you're, you know, you're running a whole football team, there's a lot of pressure on both sides, players, coaches, administrators to, to make the right decisions. So, you know, I'm sure things could have definitely worked out better or been handled better on both sides. You know, it happened the way it happened. And, you know, that's years ago. So, um, you know, everyone's doing their own thing now. And, you know, I'm just excited and happy to, you know, for everybody, really.
0: Bo, other than Vince, who were some of the guys with the Tennessee Titans that you really loved to play with? Oh, I mean, you
2: know, the first guy that comes to mind, he's definitely one of my best friends too, is, you know, Lieutenant Keith Bullock. I mean, he was one of the guys besides Steve McNair that I looked up to more than anybody on that, in that franchise, you know, in the history. You know, you see Eddie, you see Frank, you know, definitely big fans of those guys, but you know, getting to play with a Keith Bullock and a you know guy like Javon Kirst, it was it was so awesome. You know, seeing those guys and, and practicing against those guys every single day because they were such great players. And you know, you get to witness those guys and watch them. And then you know, having a Lindell and Chris Johnson and Pac-Man Jones come along, you know, we had a we just had some really really talented guys on our team, and it was a it was awesome being able to you know show up every day at work and watch what they're gonna do and be on the same team with them.
0: Follow-up question on that, Bo. If you had to think of one person that you played with that you were just awestruck at their ability, that it just blew you away how talented of a football player they were.
2: Chris Johnson. You know, we we didn't have any idea of what he was capable of when he got drafted to the Titans. He wasn't on the radar for the Titans. And, you know, the story behind Chris Johnson was, you know, they were looking at a DB that he was playing against. Um, and you know, this guy, the DB that they're scouting is supposed to be one of the fastest guys in the league. And, you know, he had the angle on CJ and, and we all know how that story ended, you know, he never caught him. So when CJ got there, I was, he was really probably one of the fastest humans I've seen in person. Um, and you know, it's a testament to, he's still playing now and, and doing well. And, you know, uh, he's hung on for a while, it, not being the biggest back out there and just made a great career for himself.
1: After leaving the Titans, you went to Cincinnati for a year. After that one year, you went to the
2: New England Patriots for a brief stint. Can you tell us what happened with that? I just think it was, uh, you know, that time was calling. Um, you never know when that, those last plays are going to be for you. Um, you know, there was a point where I was like, you know, what the hell? Why am I not playing in the NFL? But, you know, things happen for a reason. Of course, I believed I had all the ability you know, still keep playing. Obviously, I, you know, I'm first off a neck surgery. So, you know, who knows the, you know, the, the warning signs and and the precautions that you might need to take or things like that might scare teams away. So, um, you know, I I wish I could have, you know, gave a couple more years in, but things happen for a reason. And, And, you know, I'm a big believer that, you know, things happen for a reason. And so you just keep moving on in life. And, you know, it was a great run and a, and a great opportunity, and I'm just so so thankful and grateful for it. It was the best time of my life, you know, up to that point. We
1: definitely enjoyed having you. I was curious um, when you did go to Cincinnati. Were there any other options out there, and do you, do you wish you had went to another team as opposed to Cincinnati, or were you happy with your decision? Oh, uh, it
2: was a great fit for me. Definitely a great fit. You know, uh, you know, young Andy Dalton on A.J. Green that just came on the scene, Um, you know, the great coordinator with, um, you know, Gruden. So it was a great fit for me for sure. And I wish, you know, I wouldn't have got hurt that season because I definitely, I think, would have had a huge impactful year, you know, that year, you know, especially coming off a, you know, subpar year the year before with the Titans, you know, I definitely had that chip on my shoulder. But, you know, God lets things happen in your life for a reason and you just – you know, you play the hand you dealt, and you just keep moving.
0: Bo, looking back now at your entire career, do you have one or two memories that really stick out as, as some of your favorite memories from your playing days?
2: Beating the shit out of Pittsburgh and stomping on their towel. Great that was one.
0: <laughs> that's that's a know, fantastic one awesome, answer.
2: <laughs> one of the most awesome games was when we got to play Pittsburgh at opening night, too, even though we lost. Um, that was just an electric you know, feeling, playing the Super Bowl champs, you know, the first game of the season in their house. Um, just just an amazing, amazing atmosphere, man. And, you know, we. one thing about Tennessee, we always had those tough road games. And um, I think, you know, that we love playing those games. And we had a team that was just built around playing those type of games, man. And, and guys and teams didn't like to play us. For those that don't know, Burkscape is the only – tight end in NFL history
1: to rush for a touchdown, catch a touchdown, return a kickoff, and record a tackle in the same season. Uh, You can take away that tackle stat, and you'd still have that impressive record.
2: I wish I would have scooped and scored and turned that kickoff return into a touchdown then. That really (laughs) wouldn't have been broken.
1: I hear you, man. Was that uh, do-it-all mentality always a part of your game?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've always just kind of been – you know, have that ability to do whatever. I mean, if they asked me to throw the ball, I'm sure I could have done that too. Um, and that was the kind of athlete I've been since I've been a little kid. And, you know, even a few injuries couldn't stop that. But, you know, the more you can do, the better you are. You know, kids, I I feel like they lack like that, you know, these days. They're so robotic and, you know, they're just so focused on one area and there's so many other parts of their game that they need to uh, work on that they, you know, they always struggle with.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you already are aware that record's never going to be broken. Congratulations on
2: that. If it was touchdowns, it might not be broken, but it might. I don't know. It might be broken. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Looking ahead, Bo, to the current team that we have, Tennessee Titans, in 2016, how do you think this team is going to do this year?
2: You know, I think I have a bunch of great pieces in place to be successful and to definitely compete for winning in the South. Um you know, I don't really see too much, you know, of a difference in the teams in the South as far as talent-wise and stuff like that. Once again, you know, it, it's all about how you play together as a team, and you know, despite having the the right players, it's all about that chemistry and that camaraderie you show out there on the field. But I think, you know, for an encore year for you know Mariota, you know, you got that, you got the backs and you got the receivers to to really have a competitive and you know quick strike offense. You know, if you can score points in the NFL, you won't be in any game. And I think they have the players to do that. Um, now it's all about can you stop people, too.
0: But we had just had an interview with Justin Hartwig, and I asked him the question, is there one or two guys that really stuck out to you that you played against that were just phenomenal, you know, the best defensive players you've ever played against? So I want to ask you the same question. Is there one guy or two guys that really stick out to you as just the best um, athletes that you ever played against?
2: You know, Palomalu was definitely one of those guys. Um, You know, we had a bunch of great battles. I actually played against them my first game ever in the NFL um, in Pittsburgh. So, you know, they're kind of been a recurring theme. And, you know, those Baltimore teams, those were always tough games because they had so many great players on defense. And, (laughs) you know, we planned we spent a lot of time, you know, preparing for those guys. And, you know, also guys like, you know, Dwight Freeney and, you know, Bob Sanders, just some of really amazing, talented guys for the Colts, and we got to play against them a couple of years. Um, you know, we played against Watt a few times, but he wasn't the Watt he was now. He is now. He was just getting into the league. So, you know, I'm sure he would have been up there on that on that list. But those, you know, four or five guys that I named, um, definitely some beasts and Hall of Famers in that group.
1: Bo, I get the feeling that you're just like me as far as when it comes to the most hated teams. I can't stand the Steelers, and Ravens are pretty high up there too. Do you dislike them more than the division rivals?
2: You know, I don't hate anybody right now. Like, I really, really respect those teams. Um, Even when we played them, I respect them. You know, I'm a fan uh, of just great football players. And, you know, I was always excited playing against those guys. So I'm like, hell yeah, these are the best. But, you know, when you're out there and you're playing against them, you're right, you know, you do have that hate for them. Um, You know, we always knew we were going to beat the shit out of Houston. So we weren't mm-hmm. too worried about them, um, you know. <laughs> even though we, you know, we got our ass kicked a couple few times by the Colts, we never, we never were f- afraid to play them. You know, they weren't a physical team that we thought was going to be with, you know, beat us up. They just had a Hall of Fame quarterback who would dissect us every year, and you know, it's hard to play comeback when you got a guy, you know, striking like he did. But you know, we were never too, we weren't ever worried about playing anybody. You know, we 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 had a physical team. That you could travel anywhere and take anywhere, and you know that was the mindset that you know Coach Fisher instilled in all of us. That you know we can take our game on any field, in any place, any weather, and you know we gonna have a have a chance to win for sure, and we did.
0: But you talked about that physicality on those teams, and that you really could feel it. You could sense it as a fan. You could see it. You know, watch the physical style of play, and it seemed like Tennessee got away from that. And it seems like now Tennessee is starting to build back to that point where they're going to be a physical team again. Do you think that's a, an important step for them to take to be successful in the NFL?
2: You have to just have that mindset and have people at least know that's what they're getting into you when they play you. Um, you know, if teams feel like you know you're not gonna, you know, be a tough matchup or you know they're not gonna feel hurt or be hurt when they after they're done playing with you, then. You know, you're not doing what you need to do. Um, yeah, That was just, that was our mentality. And it's so crazy because, you know, Jeff Fisher was never a one to, you know, hit a lot of practice and stuff like that, but we're one of the most physical teams in, in the league. So, you know, he set a vision for his guys and set a mentality for his guys. And, you know, we just bought in. It didn't have to practice to to get that way. We were just like that as a group. And, you know, that's what we carried over to each and every Sunday.
1: I know you haven't actually worked with Mike Mularkey, but is there any experiences you have with him or heard about him? Do you like the coaching
2: move? Yeah, I think um, you know promoting within the um, organization is probably the best move because you've already made so many switches the last few years. Um, you know, change is hard to deal with, especially if you bring a whole new staff in. So promoting some guys within the organization in house you know, there's going to be some changes, but it's not going to be as drastic as it would be if you're, you know, bringing on a whole new staff um, of coaches. So, you know, that comfortability with the players and especially the quarterback um, is, is extremely important to have. And, um, you know, so I think guys probably took a deep breath and like, you know, we understand him, we know him, um, you know, we can be ourselves. We don't have to go through no bullshit once training can get to and stuff. So um, just for the players' sake, I think that was the best move for them because, you know, that change that they're going to have to deal with is not going to be as big as it would be if they brought in a whole new staff of coaches. I agree. Man. I agree.
0: Speaking of coaches, and you got to play under some some great coaches in college and in the pros. If you had to pick out one coach that meant the most to your career, who do you think it would be?
2: You no, know, Matt Brown, obviously. Uh, you know he he came to get me out of high school. You know, brought me down to Texas and. He was just a perfect example of what he wanted his players to be, and I mean, looking back, you know you're eighteen years old when you're watching and absorbing all this stuff, but just looking back um you know he showed us how he how we should be how we should how we should act and he always took up for his players, he took responsibility for you know the losses, gave us all the credit and the wins, and he showed us how to be men, and he hired other coaches that you know replicated that for like he did, so all of our assistant coaches. You know, they, they led by example as well. And, um, you know, you got to respect that because, you know, obviously when you're in the recruiting process, you're trying to find the right school, right fit to further your career. And, you know, it goes beyond football. And a lot of coaches don't really understand them. And Mac Brown did.
0: Now that you're done with your playing days, have you yourself ever thought about getting into coaching?
2: Um, you know, I, I definitely it's crossed my mind. You know, I love working with the younger generation of athletes, but you know that time, that time commitment, I think is, you know, a little beyond me and what I want to do. Um, you know, a lot of coaches struggle and, and miss out on family time and miss out on their kids growing up, and I don't want to be that guy. And I've seen how you know it's affected some guys, and you know, I know people who get later on later in their life, and they you know talk about you know how hard it is for them to miss those moments uh, that their kids you know, seeing their kids grow up and, you know, they they have regrets about that. So I didn't want to have no regrets. You know, it's my responsibility as a parent to, you know, make sure my child is in the best situation to be successful. And, you know, being a coach for on a professional team uh, definitely limits you to, to your child's development and being that influential part of that.
0: For
1: those that follow you on
2: social media, they
1: already have an idea of what you've been doing with your time. But tell us all about this Fresh Ed campaign you have going on.
2: Well, I think that, you know, you figure out your purpose in life through your passions. And so, you know, my passion was playing football and, you know, I I had a, you know, pretty good career. Um, I think that my purpose of being able to place in the NFL and being able to be in the NFL was, you know, to be around these amazing athletes and and coaches and really seeing the uh, problem areas in these areas and in that arena. Um, college pro, you know, high school. And, and so now I, my, you know, purpose in life and, you know, what I've moved on to next is, you know, solving those problems for athletes and just really getting the skills and tools to be successful off the field um, when they're done playing. And so, you know, that's what Fred said it's about. It's uh, you know, life skills, tools, and resources from professional athletes, you know, through different platforms and events. And, you know, I just feel like that's a natural fit for me. Um, and in a way it is, being a coach, but it's not a football coach. It's more of a a coach for your life and, and helping guys like me and young players, you know, like me that came from that same arena, as I did, um, adjust and um, transition when the game's done with you.
1: Do you travel around with Fresh Ed, or is that just a local thing, or how far does that go?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Fresh Ed is, you know, we're, we're all over the place. I mean, there's a huge – niche, you know, that I'm trying to serve. I mean, these kids love they love sports. Um, they dedicate their lives to it. Um, and, you know, not all of them have see light at end of the tunnel, but there's so many lessons and skills that you learn from being an athlete, um, that you can carry with you to any other industry. Um, you have a foundation of skills that, you know, a lot of people don't have and, you know, just trying to show these kids and these younger athletes how they can transfer these skills they learn and these sports that they play to Uh, everyday life and and be successful off the field doing something else um, that they love.
0: What made you want to pursue this and do the Fresh Ed campaign and give back like this, Bo?
2: Just my experiences in the NFL, you know, going through all the stuff that I went through as a professional athlete, you know, on the field and off the field during that time um, of my football life. And then, you know, seeing the things that my friends struggle, you know, the guys like, you know, VY, Pac-Man, um, you know, other players in the league who, who dealt with some issues. I mean, there's there's a lot of pressure on these guys to, you know, to do a lot. They have a lot of responsibility. And, you know, they they're not everyone has the resources to, to make the best decisions. And, you know, everyone has great intentions and means well. And, you know, a few wrong and bad decisions there can, you know, change the whole trajectory of your life. And I think, you know, the biggest example of that for people who, you know, feel like they can't change is, is Pac-Man Jones. I mean, this dude was out of the league. You know, he was a number six pick in my draft, and, you know, he was wild. He was he was doing his thing, uh, a young guy who came into a lot of money, and, you know, he was living life on the edge. And, you know, the thing that he cared about most got taken from him, but he found a way back, and he worked hard, and he's turned his life around. He's a great father, and he's an all-pro player in the end of his career. So, you know, there's no excuse for people who can't who say they can't change or – being stuck in your ways, especially if it's not helping you produce the results that you want in your life. And I think, you know, Adam Jones, AKA Pac-Man is a great example of that. Yeah, I agree, man. That's, that's awesome.
1: For those who want to follow you on social media or want to learn more about Fresh
2: Ed, where can they reach you at? Yeah, just at Fresh Ed Life, F-R-E-S-H-E-D, Life. Um, that's the website too. Just add the .com on there and then you know, I'm I'm being Fresh 80, if you guys want to check me out on my own. You know, I am. I'm Mr. Fresh Head anyway. So um, I just appreciate all the support, man. And, you know, I, I love all the fans. I loved being the Titan. And, um, you know, I always root for that organization because that's who gave me that shot. Absolutely, man. We loved having you. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you.
0: Yeah, Thanks a lot, Bo, for coming on. Great interview. Seriously, guys, what the fuck? Wait, this whole time
1: the talk you let him go without letting me say anything? I mean screw this shit, man. You just do this your damn selves. Damn, dude. What's your problem?
0: Hollywood Glenn has left us. It's just me and Matt now. Don't forget, folks, we're still doing the TTU Scavenger Hunt. You can win three tickets to the season opener against Minnesota. You can find the list of all the things on the scavenger hunt on episode six of the show. Or by looking at our Facebook page. We have it pinned to the top so you can find it. That Facebook page is at Two Tone Podcast. On Twitter, we're at Two Tone If you're looking for new ways to listen to the show, we are on Stitcher, on Stitcher.com or the Stitcher app. We are also on Two Tone.podcast.co. You can find us right there and listen to all the shows. Thanks again to Bo Scaife for coming on.
1: Special thanks to Bo Scaife. Great interview, man. We'll be glad to have you back. Can you believe what these dicks did?
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Two-Tone Uncensored Podcast. You can listen to the show at twotone.podcast.co or by downloading the Stitcher app on your mobile device. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at 2 and like it on Facebook.